This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good morning. This is Cheryl Linker with this week's edition of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio. And I'm here with my guest today, Louise Ware, who is a repeat guest because she is so knowledgeable about the green industry. And we're going to talk today about gold medal plant winners. Good morning, Louise, and welcome. Good morning. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. We've scheduled this a couple of times to get it in before the planting season started. So hopefully we're not too late for going out with a great shopping list. And why don't you just start, Louise, and tell our listeners a little bit about what the gold medal program is and how it started and what kind of information they're going to gain from it. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure we'll be telling our listeners about some special plant selections that they will enjoy in their landscape for many years. The Georgia Gold Medal Winners Program is a joint venture of the State Botanical Garden of Georgia, the University of Georgia Cooperative Extension Service, the Georgia Plant Nursery Professionals, the the Flower Industry Growers, the Garden Retailers, and the landscape professionals. The program started in 1994, which is about 20 years ago. It was headquartered, they have their headquarters at the State Botanical Gardens in Athens, Georgia. Each year, the committee selects, uh, the committee with representatives from each of these groups, selects plants from the following categories, an annual, a perennial, a shrub, a tree, occasionally a native plant, or a vine and ground cover. Louise, let me interrupt you. How many people make these choices? I'm not sure how how large that committee is. But that would be from all the different organizations that you mentioned. That's correct. So they kind of, it's like the Academy Awards. They have like people that grow plants, people that sell plants, people right. that, you know, take care of plants, a different hodgepodge of people that make these decisions. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Uh, okay. Then, uh, What's the purpose of the program? The purpose of the program is to to produce, to sell, and to use superior plants in the landscape. The other question is, what are the, what is the selection criteria? Mm-hmm. Uh, how well does the plant adapt to Georgia growing conditions? Right, the right. The heat, the humidity, the acidic soil that we have. Is the plant resistant to pests and diseases? Is it um, invasive? Are these the same plants that I know in Athens to be in the trial garden, or is that something different? That would be one phase of it. Oh, one phase phase of of it. it. Because they they test plants for growers, and they come in there and give them, you know, special attention to see how they react. And some of them they do year after year, and which is great because our climate changes from year to year. Right, right. Uh, just think of, you know, last year and the year before it was heat, and then it was lots of rain. And so... And goodness um, knows good we've, had our, we've had our, much, our time of drought. So once they're tested, 
through a lot of different criteria, then they'll produce their winners every year. They'll make a selection, right. I guess it's a really a big deal, especially if you've, uh, if this is a plant that you grow and you have your hands on and it gets chosen to be a gold medal plant winner, you're probably going to sell a lot of these plants in that year, aren't you? I would think so. Yeah, I would think so too. I would think so too. So 1994, so for 20 years this has gone on. That's correct. You know, we, when Louise and I talked before the program and, and I went through my garden and I had so many of these plants. And I think that's just, you know, and they're the ones. I've got a lot of plants that I've bought that no longer in or, are in my garden, you know, that I always keep the tags for. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of cool that a lot of the ones that are recommended by this program are still there. I have the same situation. Yeah. And we'll talk about some of yes. that later in the program, I'm sure. But go ahead and continue with the, just to, I really think the importance of how this organization works is important and how it's grown. So is there anything else you'd like to say about um, the way the programs run and the selection process works? No, I think we can just go on and look at the uh, selections for this year. Okay. And then later in the program we'll talk about some from 20 years ago. Right. Good idea. Okay. So this is kind of like the unveiling um, of the plants for 2014 right. that are the winners. So um, has this been – this is out in the public not for very long. So this is kind of a special deal to introduce these plants. The university um, publishes on their website – these uh, selections each year, and they usually get out there at the end of January. Okay, so it's been out for yeah, yeah. Because we were, but gonna... you're not going to find some of these in the market right now. You know, okay. they're just starting to come into the market, but okay, the, the announcement has been made. Okay, so anyway, here we go. So let's start with um, what category you want to start with, Louise? I think I'd like to start with the annuals. Okay, and that's what everybody's kind of been waiting for, uh, and I know a lot of people. Um, around the country we've had such a cold winter that everybody has been just you know scratching in the dirt getting ready to put their annuals in the ground so here we go the annuals the selection for an annual this year is the cleome also known as the spider plant now this has been a pass along plant for many years but it also has the reputation of being a very invasive plant and once you have it you'll never get rid of it but we are introducing two new varieties this year, the Senorita Rosalita and the Senorita Blanco. Uh, these new varieties are a bushier form. They have no spines or prickly stems, no seed pods, so that'll take care of the invasive problem. Uh, they will take hot summers, and once they get started, they are drought tolerant. On the other hand, the flower heads on the new varieties are smaller, but then you have more flower heads, and it's still the ball shape. They start to bloom in the summer and will bloom until the first frost. The Senorita Rosalita is a lavender pink, where the Blanco, of course, is white, but it does have a little touch of lavender in it. I've got my, I'm pretty sure that's the one I got my hands on this year for, <laughs> for, cause I have a white garden that I like all the spiky, cool looking spider flowers. And, you know, 
I just think they just add so much character, and they're just cool looking because they're tall and bushy. And everybody always says, "What is that? That kind of looks like a like a marijuana plant in your yard with white flowers. What is that?" And I said, "Well, it's not marijuana, but it's uh, it's a it's a cool plant." The um, the two new varieties that we're introducing this year mature if anywhere from two to four feet, and they just require average moisture and good drainage. They do not like wet soil, and do plant them in a very sunny spot. They are ideal for border plantings or for a container. Now, many of our gardeners are very interested in butterflies, hummingbirds, and bees, and the Cleome is very attractive to both the butterflies and the uh, hummingbirds. Um, it's also a very good cut flower and does well in arrangements, either uh, as a filler in the mass arrangement or just a casual bunch of flowers on the table of all Cleome. Question, Louise. Um, when they get tall and they start getting leggy and they, you know, or all the petals start falling off and then you've got the long, tall stalk, should I cut that back and let it regenerate? I would. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's good to know. Okay. okay, what else we got here? Well, I'd like to go on now to the perennial. And the perennial for this year is the Nifafia, which is also known as the Red Hot Poker. This is a native plant of Africa, and it thrives in full sun. It has tall flower spires that re- do re- resemble a red hot poker. The flower stalk is many tubular flowers that open from the bottom up and change color from yellow at the bottom when it first opens up. Then as they start to open up, you get a range of orange at the very tip. The buds are not open yet, so they're bright red, hence the name, the Red Hot Poker. This plant begins to bloom in June. It looks like it should be growing on, like, the slopes in Maui and Hawaii. I mean, it's really... A cool plant. I and it like does, that. It looks beautiful in arrangements. Right. Uh, very attractive and draws attention to it. And with the mix of yellow, orange, and red, it really uh, becomes outstanding in an arrangement. Does it last long in an arrangement? I have used it that way, and I've been quite satisfied. Okay. Yeah. Um, the leaves are sword-like on this plant. They can be anywhere from 18 to 36 inches long. And um, we're featuring two varieties. The popsicle variety, the, range, the leaves range from 18 to 30 inches, and that's a good pl- uh, the plant range from 18 to 30 inches, I'm sorry, and it's a good plant for containers. The Lola series, the plant can be anywhere from 60 to 84 inches, and that would be an excellent border plant. And it really masses out. I mean, it's 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 a. I like the plant, and it, yeah. looks, it looks great in a perennial border. Okay, now this plant likes full sun, good drainage. It has a rhizome root, and therefore, if you plant it in a wet area, it will rot. And you can divide this in the spring by the same way that you do an iris. Break them apart and plant them. This it's not in the iris family, is no, it? Absolutely okay. Not, okay. But, okay. Um, you know, I'm just drawing that, that comparison for propagation purposes only. Uh, it also is attractive to bees and birds and butterflies. Uh, the deer avoid it, and it really is a hardy plant. I had ordered some seeds from a seed company one year and got a uh, red-hot poker as a freebie and planted it and really enjoyed it. But then, you, you know, 
life goes on, you get interested in something else, you don't pay attention to it and ignore it, and that plant is still there after 15 years and uh, just doing beautifully. I think mine disappeared. I think mine got tilled in in the winter or something happened because it's, it's not there anymore. But it's a fun name and a very interesting plant. So congratulations to the Red Hot Poker. The, the next plant I would like to look at, this year we have a native plant, and that is the Adamasco lily, also known as the rain lily. This is native to America, particularly in the states of Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. It's found in moist forests, bottomlands, wet pastures, and roadsides. It has a white, fragrant flower that blooms in March and April. The blossom can be anywhere from 2 to 4 inches wide, and it's on a stem that's anywhere from 4 to 12 inches high, so it's a short-growing uh, short plant. The foliage is very grass-like, typical of the that you would find in the lily. And looking at some of the pictures, the, the foliage reminds me of Liriope foliage. It's, you know, that kind of a... So it, are, is the foliage shorter and then the stem for the flower taller? Or are they all have, the same height? Uh, well, it would come up, the stalk would come yeah. up in the center part, like, like some of your lilies do. Now, okay, have you ever heard of the bulb hunter from Texas? No, I'm not sure. Okay, he's a guy that shops around and goes to old properties and digs bulbs. I think the rain lily is one of his jewels. Um, we are going to take a short break for a commercial, and Louise and I are going to be back, and let's finish up on the rain lily when we get back. Very good. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. Spring is in the air, literally. So follow Sniffles to Atlanta Center for Breathing Easy. Weeds, spores, grass, pollen. Airborne allergen levels are through the roof, putting your allergies into overdrive. It's time to followsniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. End your annual ritual of taking medication to alleviate facial pressure, facial pain, congestion, and headaches by treating the problem, not the symptom. Balloon sinuplasty just could be the cure you're looking for. This proven in-office procedure can have you breathing easy. Back to work the next day. Followsniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. Your severe sinus and nasal symptoms gone once and for all. Get lasting relief, a quick recovery, and start breathing easy again. Call us at 404-591-9100. That's 404-591-9100. Follow me and breathe easy. Followsniffles.com. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good morning. This is Cheryl Linker, and I'm here with this Saturday's edition of the Master Gardener Hour, and I'm here with my guest, Louise Ware, and we are talking about Gold Medal Plant Award winners for 2014. The plant we're talking about now is a rain lily, and uh, Louise, why is it called a rain lily? This particular plant requires a lot of water, and it needs a good, hard rain that will 
supply the water that it needs at that particular time, and then the flower will go ahead and bloom. One thing I want you to know about this plant is that uh, all parts of it are poisonous uh, if, if they're eaten, and it'll cause uh, stomach pains, dizziness, and can even collapse. So if you have small children that have a habit of tasting this, that, and the other thing, uh, you might want to think a second time before you put this in your garden. Wow. Well, that's a good tip. That's really a good tip. Um, okay, so we've gone through rain lily. What's next for 2014? Well, each year they select a shrub, and this year our shrub is the sarcococa. It's also known as the sweet box, and that's a much easier word to pronounce. Sarcococa. That's good. <laughs> okay, the sweet box is a native of China, and it's related to the boxwood. It's um, a plant that you can plant and deep sh- put in deep shade, and it can be a real feature for the winter garden because it has tiny white fragrant flowers that bloom in January and February and there's not much out there that's blooming at that time Wow, that's good to know. And it has dark green, it's an evergreen it has dark green, glossy, lance-like leaves. And I happen to have one. It's beautiful. I wish this was a television because it's it's really got a gorgeous leaf. And the flowers are very tiny, and it really does hide underneath the branches. You can walk by and not even notice that there's a flower there unless you know it has flowers. Right, right, right. So a little part. surprise. Yeah. Um, I see deer resistant here, so that's a, a big plus. plus. Right. Depends depends how hungry the deers are. I'm sure. That's right. I've, yeah. <laughs> hey, and Louise, it, when it says sarcococa, it almost looks like it's got a fruit on it. It almost looks like. Cocoa. Is that why have anything to do with the name? I have no idea. See, look at that. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, I, have, I haven't noticed any little seeds on mine. Um, let me see. It needs moist, well-drained soil like so many of our plants do, and it rare, rarely needs to be pruned. Now, we're featuring two, two varieties here. One is the Confusa. That is a slow-growing variety. It'll reach anywhere from three to five feet high and wide, and it can be used as a low hedge. And it's perfect for a background for coral bells or even spring bulbs. Now, I kind of puzzled when I read that because what kind of spring bulbs do well in deep shade? And um, if you ha- if the deep shade is provided in the summertime is provided by deciduous trees. You're going to have sun there. Sun so there in the early spring. In the when, early spring when the daffodils bloom. So right. They'll come through. And of course, they fade away. Uh, so that would May, work. And then when you're... May, they'll be gone. And then you have that. So you, you, you can put that. That was the only plant I could think of that you right. could add to that, right. that planting. And also zone 6A to 9B. So that's kind of good to... Let our listeners know because, you know, everybody that listens to this show, I know at this time, knows their hardiness zone. So, you know. And in conjunction with that, these plants that we're talking about, these are called the Georgia gold medal winners. It's not nationwide. I wonder if um, other states do the same time program. I wonder, well, it's interesting that it says hardiness zone, and, you know, Georgia has, what, four different zones? Well, let's see, uh, six, six and seven, I don't know, might be a little bit of five. A little bit of yeah, five, okay, yeah. so we have, okay. But your point is good about the zones, okay? 
and as you go onto their website, I'm sure they'll give it. I have not specified that in my discussion. Okay, okay, but it's it's very interesting that um, based on zone. That's your hardiness zone based on temperature. So you always have to keep in mind the water and the amount of precipitation your area gets. You know, so we're talking hardiness being temperature, but you also look at your precipitation and your amount of sunlight. So it's kind of like the triangle we have to keep in mind when we're going through these plants. Right. Let's see. Which Okay. Um, Okay, they also are featuring the... Another variety called the Hookerina humilis. Now that is a dwarf. It only grows from 12 to 18 inches. It spreads by suckering, so it becomes a very dense evergreen ground cover. Wow, that's it. It has the same flowers and glossy leaves that the Confucia has. And this is another a plant that is um, deer resistant. Okay. We've got some good choices this year as far as deers go. Yeah, and I mean, I just know that. You know, I've lived in the same part of um, North Atlanta for since the 70s, and I cannot get over how many deer are in my neighborhood now. It's just amazing because, you know, I always say the best thing Jimmy Carter ever did for the state of Georgia and for the metro area in Atlanta was to create the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area. And because there's so many deer there, you know, they're everywhere. Okay, Louise, what, we've got a category. We've got trees next. That's correct. Okay, so let's talk about trees. Okay. The, trees, the selection for trees this year is the pistachia chinensis. Now, this is a medium-sized shade tree. It'll reach 35 feet at maturity. And as far as the uh, canopy width goes, it can be anywhere from 25 to 35 feet. This tree grows at the rate of 2 to 3 feet per year. It can take heat poor soil, and drought. And we consider this to be a good tree for the home landscape because of the size and the fact that um, it is so adaptable. And would you consider um, a tree that grows two to three feet a year, would you consider that a medium grower or a fast grower or a slow grower? I would say medium. Yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would would think so too. this tree has is deciduous. <clears throat> it does have a compound leaf, which means, <clears throat> excuse me, that every leaf has dozens of leaflets. Uh, it does have some flowers. They're green, and um, they eventually uh, produce a, a small seed pod, which is a or a nut, which is a robin egg blue, and then will that be visible in October? Wow, but that's November, gorgeous. But it's not it's not edible at all. Okay. But the real beauty of this tree is in the fall when those leaves turn to orange and absolutely a brilliant red. Yeah, this photograph is gorgeous. Yeah, and I have, uh, we had a, uh, someone sent a picture in uh, and wanted us to identify a tree. And they took the picture in Tennessee and it was absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's just the brightest red. The question that came with that inquiry was, um, can I plant one here? And does it have nuts? And, of course, we had to reply that <clears throat> uh, you can plant this ornamental variety here in Georgia and it'll do well. You cannot plant the nut variety here because that is a different species that originated in Italy. And it does not like our 
acid soil that we have here. It needs an alkaline soil. So that one grows well in Texas and Oklahoma and that part of the country. Was the Tennessee one the... Um, the ornamental one. The ornamental that right. we're talking about that's, that's the gold right. medal winner. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. It's a beautiful, now, beautiful tree. What we suggest, if you're going to purchase one of these, to do your buying in the fall because then you can have some idea of what the coloring will, fall coloring will be. There is a great variation in colors and uh, growth patterns and, and, uh, from seedlings. And when I first read this here in the uh, description, I immediately thought of a class that I went to at UGA that was conducted by Dr. Durr. He had taken the seeds off of spirea and germinated them planted them and he in his presentation that day he had about 10 spirea plants all that came from the same parent and it was quite obvious that there was differences there so there can be differences oh, so from the same plant so buy it in fall you can so see, you'll see the fall some idea color what the colors will be and secondly this is the best time of the year to plant a tree or a tree. Right, right, right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And our listeners do adhere to that. Um, you know, not to throw off the gold medal winners, but I really think that's really a key point about any plant purchases. For example, you know, right now we're in the midst of azalea beauty in the state of Georgia. And I, you cannot buy an azalea when it's not blooming, in my opinion. You have to see the color and see what you've got before you put it in your garden. So that's a really good tip, Louise. Um, the Are these plants going to be out there? I mean, are people going to be able to find them now? Have we done, do we know that, if they're available in nurseries now? That's one of the goals, to have them available when they announce them. Okay. So you should be able to find. One thing you need to be careful of, though, um, you can go and you'll see a plant in the same family, but it might not be the same variety that we're discussing. So be sure you read the label. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm going to go home and, like, look, relook at my tag yeah. of my Cleome to make sure I got the one that's yeah. not the headache. No, you can have, it could be a different variety. Um, so be sure you get the right variety that you're looking for. And some of these tags are not very good. They, for, you know, they, they'll say this is Cleome, but they won't specify the variety sometimes. So you really got to be careful about that. Okay, that's a good, good tip. I just, uh, it's interesting. I'm looking at the list, like beginning in '94, and in '94 they did not announce the tree. And then I flipped over here thinking I'm going to see four categories. And I looked down in 2008, they have, uh, well, no, starting in uh, 2005, they start and add a vine. I know. That's and so that's they, kind of interesting. Right. That So I'm glad they bought, added, you know, another category. Well, I think, you know, <clears throat> there might have been a different demand for them and saying let's do this or they just couldn't find anything that they really liked in that category so you don't publish you it you can't fake yeah. it yeah that's right you can't fake it um, these guys are serious about what they do absolutely um before we go on to uh plant selections from prior years let's uh tell the our listeners about the websites that we have 
All so right, because they, them they down. need to know how to reference this and right. figure this out. Correct. Okay, go ahead, Louise. The official re- uh, website for the gold, Georgia gold medal plants is www.georgiagoldmedalplants.org, O-R-G. And that will give you colored pictures and some narrative about the plants that they have selected. Cobb County also has a website, and uh, that is www.cobextension.com. And Cobb is spelled C as in cat, O as in orange, B as in boy, B as in boy. And you want to click on the agriculture and natural resources on the left sidebar. Then you want to click on the box that says Cobb Extension Publications and Tips. That'll give you a drop-down screen and scroll down there until you get to the the section that has gold medal winners. And then there you'll find charts, one for annuals, one for perennials, etc. And each chart will have some descriptive information. Okay, Louise, um, we're going to take a quick break um, and be right back with this Saturday's edition of the Master Gardener Hour. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Spring is in the air, literally. So follow Snipples to Atlanta Center for breathing easy. Weeds, spores, grass, pollen. Airborne allergen levels are through the roof, putting your allergies into overdrive. It's time to followsniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. End your annual ritual of taking medication to alleviate facial pressure, facial pain, congestion, and headaches by treating the problem, not the symptom. Balloon sinuplasty just could be the cure you're looking for. This proven in-office procedure can have you breathing easy. Back to work the next day. Followsniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. Your severe sinus and nasal symptoms gone once and for all. Get lasting relief, a quick recovery, and start breathing easy again. Call us at 404-591-9100. That's 404-591-9100. Follow me and breathe easy. Followsniffles.com. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
Good morning. This is Cheryl Linker, and I'm here with my guest, Louise Ware, and we are talking about 2014 gold medal plant winners. And Louise has explained the program, explained how you can get this very, very useful tool when you go plant shopping. And if you go to the UGA website or the Cobb Extension website, you can get a copy of this list and take it with you. And then you need to study it and see if you're looking for a shrub, a tree, look at the size, look how big this plant's going to be, and put the right plant in the right place, as Walter Reed would say. (laughs) But uh, this program's been going on for 20 years, Louise, right? Correct. Okay, so let's just go through no particular order, but just some of the tried-and-true plants with you, in your experience, and I'll throw in the ones in my experience that I think have been great. Thank you. Um, the first first annual that they selected was the Homestead Purple Verbena, and that has a, that's an evergreen plant. It has a very intense purple color flower, and this was discovered by Dr. Michael Durr and Dr. Alan Armitage. The same year, 1994, we uh, introduced Bath Pink Dianthus, and this was founded um, by Jane Bath, who lives in Stone Mountain. Don't was not able to find out where uh, she found this, but has was a very popular plant. And these plants um, were announced 20 years ago, but they are favorites even today. And I noticed that you have a. Uh, that, uh, um, the homestead. The homestead verbena, right. I love it. I, and I look at these three plants, um, the verbena, um, the yew, the fothagilia. I have all those plants, and they're fabulous. I will say, for some reason, I've never had any luck with the dianthus. I love that plant, and I just <laughs> like... Just never. I think either it got eaten by rabbits and it just like disappears <laughs> out of my garden. But that's another issue no. in itself. I know some of our master gardeners had a great deal of success with the uh, dianthus. Um, I was going to comment on the plant for 1995, which was the new gold lantana. You know, the Olympics were in Atlanta in 1996, and of course the theme for the Atlantic for the uh, uh, Olympics was. Go for the gold. And, oh, the, okay. and the idea was to plant yellow flowers all over Atlanta to go for the gold. So they selected that that year. And, of course, it was a very popular plant. And it still is a very popular plant. And the nice thing about that is it's a repeat bloomer. You know, it gets a flush of blooms. And then it'll get another flush of blooms. So you have color uh, until frost. And it just, it Atlantana in Georgia and it's which it's an it's considered an annual correct and there's now what's the new gold lantana that a lot of people think and say that it's like a perennial in Georgia the North Carolina the um, I've seen it on the plant and I can't remember the name I think it's either, no but that's that's recent yeah it's recent last year or two right right right, right. Yeah. so this you know keep in mind is Plurific as this gold lantana is, it's 
is a perennial, so yeah. you're going to have to redo it every year. Right. <clears throat> um, the other one that's very popular and it's still as popular as the Annabelle hydrangea. That has large 12-inch round blossoms. It is deciduous. It is a deciduous shrub, but it is a beautiful plant. Do you have that one? I do. Okay. I do. I do. And then in 1996, they came out with the purple wave petunia. And then they came out with a whole series of wave petunias. But these here, again, are uh, repeat bloomers. Right. And they're just, they, you know, what a great ground cover. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I guess that's where what they're trying to um, imply when they say wave because it just is actually mounds of petunias that just fill in your be- your annual beds. And the colors are very intense right. on, the, on right. these. And, of course, they've done a lot with uh, hybridizing petunias. And they also came out with uh, some crepe myrtles that year. Those are the ones that had the Indian names like Tonto. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. And they... These new varieties are resistant to the powdery mildew. Oh, okay. That is a real I didn't know problem. That. Yeah. Any of them, any of them had that Indian name that they came out. Uh, so that was their plus. That's the, correct. The resistance and that's why to they the were selected. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. That's good to know. Then, um, of course, in 1999, we had the um, Lenten Rose, which is a perennial, which the, there are many varieties there. Which is very, uh, very lovely. And that's a plant that starts to bloom in January and February and that has a long bloom season. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's just such an interesting plant. It's just, the flowers are so unique and the leaves are unique and the growing habit is unique. And and the colors. Yes. And so it's just a very special plant. Um, you know, this will take shade. Yes, it definitely it takes shade. And the other thing that I think's I don't know if it's actually oh everybody says, Oh, you can't ever move a Lenten rose. It needs to be once it's in the ground, it needs to stay there. But I've actually had success, you know, moving and dividing and with the babies, you know, like at, let them stay in the ground a couple of years in one place and then move them. So I, I, wonder, how, I wonder how it got the bad rap on that, Louise, that it, you know. couldn't divide them and couldn't move them. I, I don't know okay. what, That's what caused that, but okay. uh, I have have, it, have had success in going ahead and moving them. And I've donated, you know, potted them up and donated them for plant sales. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a great, a great, great plant. Okay, I tell you one thing that I love is this Athens gem, the sweet shrub. Now, I don't have that, so you can tell me about that. I do, one. I do. This is a new plant that is just, I guess, being a Georgia girl, it is. Um, <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't. This is another plant I'm talking about here because that's the. Oh. Uh, Calicanthus, the Florida Athens. I don't know what year this was uh, a gold medal winner, but we'll figure it out. But this is a white sweet shrub. And I grew up, you know, with sweet shrubs at my home, both my grandparents' home. And it was just a plant that you kept in your yard. And this variety, the Athens, 
is white, not the chocolate brown, brownish orange sweet shrub that was so common. And it's just such a treat to see. I have a study in sweet shrubs in my garden that I have four or five different cultivars. And it's just so interesting to see the different sizes and the different colors, you know, all together. And I put them together because I just wanted to. It reminded me of, you know, being at the grandmother's. So I got it. So that's one of my favorites. But Louise, what about um, what about moving on down, like into the 2000? What were some of the bigger winners? Well, in the year 2000, the shrub, the oak leaf hydrangea, uh, was announced. That is a deciduous shrub. It has a cone-shaped blossom that blooms in May, in July, and this is great for cutting and also for drying and using in decorations uh, during the, the winter. Do you have that one? I do. I have you that one. You see this one around I love so much. This. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous. You know, bush. and everybody that we've ever had on the show that, you know, that had, was an expert on hydrangeas, which I love hydrangeas, as you all know. So we've had a lot of people talk about hydrangeas. But the greatest thing about oak leaf hydrangeas is they don't need all the attention the other hydrangeas need. You really don't even have to fertilize them or prune them or water them or anything they're just like a natural woodland plant and they just grow and they look gorgeous and that's why i think a lot of people really like oak leaves you've just done a good sales job yeah they do they really i think they're just they're Um, great plants great plants okay what else we got in in 2001 we introduced the ornamental sweet potato Oh golly, that's great! <laughs> and that was that year was the marguerite, but they also come come out with the blackie, and of course this continues to be a very popular. It sure plant. does. You cannot go to a garden store without seeing all kinds of those. So that was the first. Is that the first time it was used, like in popular horticulture? I think so. I don't remember. Yeah, seeing much advertising on that. Right. And of course, one of the questions that was that was asked at the time, and I think uh, Armitage was the one that did the write up on this, is can you can eat you the, eat it? Yeah. <laughs> and what's the answer? He said know. yes, you can. Because um, every year when you like when you redo your annual pots, you know, in the fall, and you know, clean up your pots and everything. If you've had sweet potato vines in your pot, you've got this sweet potato that could like feed your whole family for thanksgiving one potato right so that it is edible yeah i kind of always thought no i maybe put too much osmocote or put too much you know you know too many chemicals in there to want to eat it so i I think it would be edible in one situation is desperate i'm sure it doesn't have the flavor that the sweet potatoes that we have and of course it's a prolific grower I mean, I planted some at the entrance of our subdivision, and I had to go down there like every two weeks and cut it back. So the next thing you know, it'd be out across it's the like, sidewalk. It, it grows, like, it grows like kudzu. That's correct. It grows like kudzu. <laughs> uh, before we go into the next year, there's another plant on here that I think has made a really big impact, and that's the autumn fern, because it is an evergreen fern, and it has changing colors, right. and it grows to a really nice size. What do you have anything to say about autumn ferns that? Uh, no, uh, I do not have it because I do not have a good place for it. Mm-hmm. The conditions in my yard are not proper for it. It is lovely. Uh, we did uh, 
feature that in the 4-H plant sale this year, and it was a very popular plant. It, it was popular, yeah. wasn't right. it? People like it because... It's very lovely. People, I think they like it because, I mean, you know, you think about evergreen ferns and ones that are, you know, your native evergreens, um, but this is just, it's, you can fill in and it looks great, except in the, like, freezing, freezing you know, middle of the winter, but all through the fall, and then it snaps back really quickly in the spring. Okay, so where are we? 2002. Okay. I didn't have anything special, let's see, for 2002 myself. Um, we had the purple beautyberry, which oh, that's uh, huge. That's, yeah. I think people and love beautyberries. And then also the, the, um, the red buds were in 2002. That was a tree, and that's a very popular a plant. Yeah, you and see it blooms those early. Yeah, it blooms. It's like, and it's, and it's a beautiful color to see the entire tree just all in that beautiful pink shade. You know, I never, the thing that I never understood, and I used to always think I was, when I was, I don't know, I mean, I'd been a gardener for years, but I was here, red bud, red bud, red bud, and then I would see the purple, purple, pink trees. So let's gonna I'm gonna ask Louise her expertise on that and we will take a quick break and be back with the Master Gardener Hour. Spring is in the air, literally. So follow Sniffles to Atlanta Center for Breathing Easy. Weeds, spores, grass, pollen. Airborne allergen levels are through the roof, putting your allergies into overdrive. It's time to follow sniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. End your annual ritual of taking medication to alleviate facial pressure, facial pain, congestion, and headaches by treating the problem, not the symptom. Balloon sinuplasty just could be the cure you're looking for. This proven in-office procedure can have you breathing easy. Back to work the next day. Follow Sniffles.com. Follow me and breathe easy. Your severe sinus and nasal symptoms gone once and for all. Get lasting relief, a quick recovery, and start breathing easy again. Call us at 404-591-9100. That's 404-591-9100. Follow me and breathe easy. Follow Sniffles.com. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. morning this is Cheryl Linker and I'm back with my Saturday guest Louise Wire and we are talking about Georgia gold medal plant winners and I was just laughing before the break we were talking about the forest pansy which was the 2002 uh, winner in the tree category and I said Louise why do they call this a red bud because it buds purple so we really don't have an answer to that other than maybe whoever don't know what the answer is. It might be that the original rootstock was a different color, and as they hybridize it and, and bred out some of the mm-hmm. the uh, disadvantages of that plant, it changed some slight color. Uh, I I don't know, but it's I'm really guessing. interesting. Um, in the South, it is probably 
one of the very, very first trees to bloom. So it's always, you know, spring's here. You know, when the forsythia, it's a little after the forsythias, but, you know, it's it's close. It's an early early harbinger of spring and typical of some of these early blooming trees is they the flowers come out first and it's just completely covered with flowers and then the leaves come out yeah yeah that's very true so that's kind of a different take on it if you want something unusual yeah and i've seen um a couple of varieties that were weeping red buds and they were beautiful it looks so delicate you know you thought you were looking at some unusual cherry or right you know because it's just a very the weeping look is very pretty okay what else who else is going to win our favor on these gold medal winners in 2007 we introduced the admiral sims azalea which is a native azalea and it's a beautiful beautiful shade of yellow which is very unusual uh, these native plants are uh, azaleas are deciduous, but they are very gorgeous. Hey, you know who Admiral, Admiral Sims is? I do. You tell us. Hey, Admiral Sims. I has I lived in Mobile, Alabama for a short time, and he was a Civil War. Um, like a, um, he wasn't on the monitor of the Mary Mac that that were in the start of the Civil War, but later as the Civil War went around to the Gulf uh, Mobile, the Gulf of Mobile, off Mobile on the Gulf of between Alabama and Florida, he had a boat down there, and there's a garden in Mobile called Admiral Sims, and I guess they named one of their gorgeous azaleas after him. That's an interesting story. <laughs> Um, and then in 2009, we introduced the fragrant tea olive, which is in the Osmanthus family, and that blooms in February. Uh, I'm sorry, it blooms in the September and November time range, and it is very, very fragrant. And that has a, uh, it's evergreen, it has a le- leathery leaf to it, it's dark green, but as you walk by that bush, you can smell it. You know it's there. Is it, does it flower? It, it flowers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the a white creamy flower. Okay, the yeah. white creamy flower. Yeah. Okay, I got. I'm sorry, and, I missed uh, that. It's uh, it's very, very fragrant, and that bush will grow to a, a good size. You know, it can be 15 to 20 feet high if it's in an ideal situation. So and evergreen, so it would be a great, right, great plant to use when you need something really nice and fragrant. Yeah, as, or you can use it as a background for other. Right. Other plantings, you know, so therefore. Um, I just happened to notice I'm looking down here in 2009 as well. We were talking about the beauty of the weeping red bud. And here is, it's called the Covey, is the trade name, C O V E Y, for 2009. Uh, Cercis candenesis Covey. And I just, so it, actually this. My prediction for the weeping red bud, I didn't even realize it was a, a winner. I just now had a three-person attack team on this Armandi uh, Clematis. Um, the Armandi, it's an evergreen Clematis that blooms very, very early with a star-shaped flower. And I had planted it two to go up over an arching gate that I have and it had grown so much and it had just 
fault I hadn't had time to like wire it to the rock to the gate and get it under control this spring growing season. So it took three people on a ladder to get it trained and untwined out of a Burford holly that it was 10 feet up in the air growing up this Burford oh holly. So it, it's just, it's a cool, it's an evergreen. So it's something if you really have a focal point in your yard, like a gate or a fence or an arbor that you want a green vine on. And this is one of the years, you know, we had talked about they started adding vines. And so that's, I get so many questions about vines because people, they like them. And they're so versatile, and you can use them when you run out of space. If you're an avid gardener and you've got everything planted, you can stick a vine in, and it takes little bitty space at the bottom and then you know you can really use it to decorate but this is a really good tough um evergreen vine okay louise what else you want to talk about because well, we've I thought, got i thought maybe you could talk about this one here this is a very lovely plant oh yeah uh, i don't have it but it's a very the lovely solomon plant. seal right, is right. is a plant it's you know part shade to full sun perennial variegated which is just a fresh green leaf tipped in white and it really is one of the best perennials for a shade garden Um, and then the coolest thing about it is when it flowers in the spring it's just an arching stem and then underneath the little leaves are little almost like little white tiny bells almost like you'd think Mm -hmm. like a lily of the valley and it's just they they dangle it from the um, stem, and they're fragrant, and they're really easy to divide. It's kind of like a great pass-along plant, you know, to give to your friends because yeah. it right. will come up, and it's just a great plant to share. So it's it, – and then in the winter, it's doesn't even – you don't even really have to tidy it up. It's like it almost like disappears. You don't even have to cut yeah. it up. It just kind of dries up and then, you know, lays a, lays down in your mulch and it's gone. Does it have a bulb root, bulb it, type root to it? it yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. It's okay. Yeah. Yes, it does. I'm sure I've seen it. Yes. There's one other plant that we could probably talk about, and that was in 2008. The shrub was the uh, paper bush. Also, the oh, botanical name is the Edgeworthia. And... Um, that blooms early in the season, and it has a tropical look to it, but it's, it's uh, evergreen, very attractive in, in the um, landscape. So, And it kind of gives a uh, tropical look to the landscape. I think it's great. I yeah. mean, it's got just such a great it's flower powered. that, um, you know, it's just it's so unusual with this little white, like kind of little bursting flower with... And I, I have I have um, I have them in my garden, and I just I think they're great. I don't know if you're noticing the same thing I'm noticing, but look at this. This is very interesting. They've got the rhododendron, the azalea was the admiral stems that I talked about, and then they're saying the paper bush is an admiral stems that's got to be a typo yeah i don't know where that go where that came yeah from. that's kind of crazy okay. oh well there's one other thing that i just spotted uh 2005 the vine that year was the creeping raspberry 
And, Interesting. And uh, one of our master gardeners had a, a very nice planting of this at his home, and he was on the tour several years ago. And he's, he really likes it. He said it's um, not invasive. Um, it doesn't climb trees like some of the vines do, so you don't have to worry about that. It does spread. He says, but when it gets up to the sidewalk, I just take the take the trimmer and just trim it off and it just keeps on going. It has little gold or yellow berries to it. And they're and not they're, the size of raspberries. They're no, kind of like real tiny. Yeah, they're like but they're... But uh, they're edible. Yeah, and they're but they're solid. They don't have the little, what would you call the different yeah, little just, parts yeah, of a yeah, raspberry? The I little, can't think of the name right now. But yeah. I don't know what you mean. Okay. But he's had it for years and he said it's just a wonderful plant. Okay, that's that, I have it, and I have it. Mine's never bloomed. And remember, we talked, and I said, "Well, let's just you know maybe put some fertilizer on it." So I tried it. So I'm going to hope that it's going to bloom this year. Well, he has, he does have the fruit on his, and he said that you know he he said you have to you know pick all day to get a bowl full because they're so tiny, but. Uh, it's one that he really likes. You know, I just, okay, we, Wisteria is right now in Atlanta, Georgia. You cannot drive down any street without seeing the purple Wisteria that is so invasive and goes up and just overtakes the canopies of all our pine trees and goes nuts. Okay, Georgia gold medal plant winners for 2006 is a new cultivar of wisteria called Amethyst Falls. So what have you had any experience with that, Louise? No, but I understand that that comes from a uh, an American uh, rootstock. Okay. The ones that you see up in the trees now either come from China or Japan. Okay. And the interesting about that is if you have one from the Japanese stock, it grinds, goes around the trees and the poles and things to the left. If it's a Chinese stock, it just goes the opposite way. It goes around the poles from the to the right. I'm going home and I'm going to <laughs> test this because out. I yeah. have both kinds of wisteria. And I'm going to see which way they go around my tree. Right. I am going to do that. Now, the American variety is not supposed to be as... No, it's very it's very slow growing. I actually have it on a trellis, and it's. I wish it was growing a little bit faster (laughs) because I wanted to cover a trellis. But the American, I mean, the other wisteria, it's it's like oh, it'll strangle a tree. Yeah, it's strangling a tree. And my father says, "What were you thinking?" That's (laughs) when he goes into my garden because, and I said, "I was trying to get rid of that pine tree, but I'm too cheap to have it cut down." (laughs) So that's why I strangled it with the wisteria. So, Louise, this has been so interesting to talk about all these gold medal plant winners. And I really urge our listeners to, if you're not like in the South with the same growing habit that we have, I'm sure your state university and your extensions in your state have the same type program so i would urge you to go online and when you shop you know don't try to reinvent the wheel with all these new plants go with the ones that are proven and that we know are going to work in in your gardens in your neighborhoods and in your area so i mean i think that would be you know really good advice for everyone and it's just you know really not 
doing everything kind of backwards sometimes in my gardening career. I am so glad to know that I have so many gold medal award winners in my garden. Louise, thank you for being with us today, and I'd love to have you back. And you have so much expertise in so many areas. And um, this is this week's edition of the Master Gardener Hour. And please listen to us on America's Web Radio, and you can also listen to it on your podcast. Be safe. Have a great week.